The current spoiler warning level is, Davian Red. Boy, they just keep shutting down text-to-speech sites on me, so I have to keep changing what I use, and then it changes the voice. Hey, friends and folks. Uh, this episode, we're looking at a spoiler warning of Davian Red. I had to look that one up. That's uh, Red is one of the colors of House Davian, I guess, because um, we're talking about uh, Battletech stuff and battle mechs at Battletech. Uh, it's pretty much all one line, and I don't, I don't have the first understanding of what would constitute a spoiler for this universe, but uh, we're talking about battle, battle mechs. Please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mechanista and Chi. Uh... I didn't have any. Gosh, I didn't have anything this time. I'm. We're all doing so well today. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, it's me. It's Dylan. Um, yeah, I don't have anything either. I'm not thinking of shit. Uh, I'm not. I'm not thinking of anything. Um, let's see. You know what I'm thinking is we should do a listener request. Yeah. Um, right. I will say for listeners at home. Unless we get, like, a really short episode, I'm on hell work week schedule right now, um, and... I'm gonna say no matter what, we're doing one app. That's just how it's gonna go this week. Oh, well, I just meant for the next couple weeks, I was warning, because, oh. Oh. uh, basically I'm on hell work week, and I don't know if my brain capacity, as much as I love talking about robots, is enough to sustain a show, so... I'm just letting people know ahead of time, because that's going to be for the next four weeks. They approved me for overtime. This is good for money, because I do need that. But this is bad for the Dylan. But that's fine. Anyway. So we're doing the second half of our listen requests. Okay. And so, basically, I guarantee this is going to be odd. Yeah. At this point. Hell yeah. Alright, well, I guess this was inevitable to do this at some point. Okay, what is it? This is the Atlas. Atlas? Not that one. Yeah, no, it's not the one then, because you didn't start with a uh, number. What is the Atlas? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, from Battletech? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. From Yori Mechworks, Defiance Industries, Independence Weaponry, and Robinson Standard Battleworks. Who requested the AS Atlas? AS7-D. This is a request from Twitter user MuffinLord. Okay, okay, I know who that is. I know exactly who that is. I hope you're proud of yourself. I'm sure, I'm sure you are, actually, because, you know, whatever. All right, the Atlas. Um, I, I will say real quick, um, we, I at least, have been in discussions to possibly have someone guest to talk about some, uh, some battle mechs at some point, some battle tech technology. Uh, that's still on the table. I would want to talk about something cooler than the atlas uh but the atlas is the face of battletech sometimes depending on what you're looking at yeah because it literally has a face yeah. that's why not because it's good <laughs> well we'll talk about it so uh now the good thing is for battletech mechs uh sarna.net which is a wiki luckily not a fandom wiki just a wiki for uh battletech uh 
pretty good. Pretty good at covering these things. Covers like every variant. It uses art from the technical readouts. It's a good website, so we will be using that as a guide. I play a lot of MechWarrior in various forms. Uh, well, BattleTech in various forms. I played. I was playing BattleTech yesterday uh, when I when I got done with work, and now today, and I was also messing with uh, MechWarrior online. So I know these designs from design and in-game standpoints. I don't necessarily know them like all the story stuff, but if you want a lot of that. Sarna has you covered. Um, I think Sarna is named after a planet in Battletech because I think there's a planet called Sarna. Anyway. I'm also going to use some of the uh, concept art they produced for MechWarrior Online as reference because uh, it's more modern art and thus it, it is easier for me to sort of That's fair. Though, if you look at the Sarna wiki, it actually has uh, mo the modern technical readout art. Which I actually like the style of more than MechWarrior Online, if I'm being honest, uh, on the wiki. Uh, yeah, most of the stuff I'm seeing is old. It must be... What about... This one's not... Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, the main art isn't old on there, is the thing. The one in the upper right. Uh, this one... But it's black and white, which is... Uh, I mean, yeah. I will say yeah. I like this art style more than MWO's <laughs> overall, personally. It's, it's cleaner in a way that I like. But... We'll talk about it. Um, okay. So, the Atlas. Uh, there's a quote associated with this, too, from Alexander Kerensky. Is this the Kerensky that they're always saying by Kerensky for in the cartoon? I have watched the cartoon because it's very goofy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Anyway. A mech is powerful as possible, impenetrable as possible, and as ugly and foreboding as conceivable, so that fear itself will be our ally. Um, this is an assault class mech. Uh, it weighs 100 tons, which is, barring some exceptions, generally the top end of mech size and weight. Um, there are some weird ones, uh, but generally, like, when things talk about it, 100 tons is like the big guys mm -hmm. um and the atlas was first built in 2755 um though i believe the modern year in BattleTech is like in the 3000s uh when mm -hmm. when you tend to play things that's like when all the shit happens the clan stuff happens in the mid 3000s and um so on but yeah uh does mention here that the Atlas is probably the best known ba uh, battle mech to ever set foot on the modern battlefield, which you know what? That's fair. Uh, it does certainly stand out. I'll give it that. Um, so the Atlas, uh, the original Atlas is starting with the head and I'm going to use the original art for this because I think it's better to work in chronological order. So this is from Technical readout 3025, and it is in the related images down there. For the mm. head, on the original art, we've got a really ugly orb. It's This art is definitely that style I do not like, but I will describe it as best I can. Uh, th this is art that is covered in panel lines. It is like if Sid Mead didn't know how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, that's yeah. what it reminds me of because Sid Mead also does a lot of panel lines like when you look at his mech art for uh -huh. um, turn a Gundam and all that the problem is I just think the Battletech art doesn't do it so super well so we've got a very orby head here 
and a lot of various panel lining where it doesn't necessarily the panel lining doesn't really indicate certain details to you but there are some details on this head we do have two eyes uh the eyes are kind of like just mean they almost look like jack-o'-lantern eyes you know uh, yeah, or, sa- or, you know, like the empty eyes of a skull. Yeah, uh, same with the nose. Same thing, same kind of, sh- you know, triangular shape of, like, a skull's nose cavity. Um, mm-hmm. It also has two antenna on the head, as well as a little satellite dish on the front. Uh, satellite dish extremely positioned like it's a flower in someone's hair. That's kind of funny, I didn't even think about that. Doesn't help that the panel lining also looks like it's a headband. But, like, a headband being worn, like, at the very front of the hairline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. For the body, uh, we have a surprisingly more... Oh, hum- you got it. You, oh. you skipped over. I don't know what it is, but there is a little line below the nose that looks like a row of gritted teeth. Yeah, it does look like teeth or something. Um, For the body, we've got a pretty normal, like, humanoid battle mech type body. It's still boxy. Uh, for the base variant, uh, which is, you know, the one depicted here, we have, I believe in the chest, this is the SRM-6. Yeah, that's why it has six barrels. Um, and, uh, that's located offset on the chest. Uh, I'm trying to see what everything is, though, because this, I'm trying to see where all the, uh, weapons are, specifically. For folks not familiar with it, it's actually pretty easy to, like, a lot of, once you get the hang of it, battle battle mech, like, weapons are fairly Consistently. understandably named. Yeah, so, like, SRMs are short-range missiles, and very logically, then MRMs are middle, and Ls are long. Yeah, so, actually, it says that, okay, so the LRM-20 that it also has is in the left torso, and then the uh, SRM, I guess, would be in the right torso, so... That's interesting. I'm, it, it, it's not really depicted well here on the art, but we're also looking at it from an angle. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I guess, hmm, I don't know, thinking about it, like that that style of like hole placement does look closer to like what you see on LRMs. Yeah. Usually. It's but. weird. Um, anyway, uh, if we look at the arms, we've got these rounded shoulder pieces connecting into the torso uh, it does have a pauldron look to it. This guy kind of looks like you slim down a, uh, like a, a, a games workshop guy, like a 40 K space Marine or something kind of looking sure. at it like that, especially like that pauldron design and that helmet design upper arm again, just very square, not a, just mostly panel lining, uh, doesn't give off a lot of depth here, honestly, which again is the problem with the panel lining here. Uh, mm-hmm classics of like early mech art uh not really a good visible joint on this arm even though it can bend the elbows um kind of looks like a weird like very compressed vacuum tube or something mm-hmm. um for the hands we've got uh beam guns or i say beam guns like i'm doing gundam sorry medium lasers on the wrists here um uh the the medium lasers are i mean they're they're medium range lasers that's why they're called medium lasers <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well it's not it's not about range actually oh is it just but, about I mean, damage they, is it that it, yeah increasing the damage happens to yeah because the l's are large lasers they're not like necessarily long range ones yeah but, right forgot about that though the s's the shorts the, the smalls tend to be also short range that much is it, true. It, it does work out but mm-hmm 
Um, it does have battle fists. I have to word them as battle fists because that's what they are called in BattleTech, which um, allow it to be able to punch good. Um, yeah, it has um, full-on manipulators purely for the purposes of punching, which you'd think you could do something better than that. But Almost battle no battle mechs that have hands actually hold a weapon, or if they do, the weapon is still molded into the hand. It's cosmetic. Yeah, I like that. Given the way the setting works, I understand that. But like, the thing about having hands is you can interact with the world, and sometimes that's useful. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Because if you're only using it as a melee weapon, you may as well just make it a clubbed end that's all armor, so that it can punch like and just right. Yeah, the, a fist does not actually it is not like a better shape for melee in that way. Mm -hmm. this is a thing that i will i usually don't hold this against mech things but the reason i sometimes get grumpy with battle mech stuff is in fact because back in ye old days of 2010 when i am online and young and just getting into mechs and mecha um battletech fans could sometimes be a little bit annoying about how quote-unquote grounded and realistic the setting was and i will hold that <laughs> grudge to this day it's fine it's fine i actually like i said i play these games and i like them it's not like i hate battle tech mm -hmm. i just sometimes get a little bit annoyed about that kind of stuff though because these guys are goofy Anyway, it uh, does say that there, even though this is not in the rules of the game, uh, accounts of Atlas is picking up medium weight mechs and throwing them like toys uh, make for suitable horror stories and enhances the aura of the mech. Battle mm -hmm. fist, baby. Anyway. Um, also should note, this guy has a funny thing that all the video games ignore, but if you look at the torso, you can actually see it too. Uh, it has two rear mounted medium lasers as well. And you can see it on, like, hmm. the side of the torso. That's why that laser is kind of weirdly placed. In the tabletop game, uh, rear-mounted weapons are a thing. In most video game adaptations, they either remove the rear-mounted weapons or just make them so they're in the same place but front-mounted. Um, yeah, because they're... In an action I, you know, game, I, I... shooting behind you is a little bit too brain genius. Yeah, and I don't think, like, I can't think of a Mech Warrior game that has a mechanic for a rear-view mirror, so... Yeah, um, and, and if anything, a lot of those games are actually... I, even though, like, the balance of the tabletop game is around, like, you're seeing everything, you're commanding them, um, mm -hmm. the balance of, like, playing Mech Warrior, the cockpit design actually kind of matters, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like especially Mech Warrior Online, it is a game about information. Yeah. So, um, Mech Warrior Online also famously a game that if you turn up the FOV slider, things get weird compared to other video games. It has very strange FOV uh, settings. You actually kind of need to stay at the ninety because if you start doing above that, it doesn't really help you see more. It helps you because it, it, it makes everything's like distance get weird. Um, sure. I've noticed while messing with that. Anyway. Moving on. Uh. Oh, also, it does say... Okay, yeah, it has a ton of missiles. Okay. Um, so if we go down to the waist, uh, no real skirt armor other than you have a little bit on the side there. Oh, maybe that's the SRM-6. Yeah, maybe those are, it's... yeah, those are missiles, for sure. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess on the waist, that's the SRM-6 on the left, and I guess that's an LRM-20, and it looks like it only has six barrels, because I guess it just rapid fires. This is a thing also, 
the way weapons are depicted across Battletech um, are kind of designed a little differently, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, because this is the original variant uh, here. I just had to make sure, which is the uh, AS7D, uh, which mm-hmm. is the default version of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, things like auto cannons and whatnot, sometimes they look like Gatling guns. Sometimes they are just a big fuck-off cannon. And then, of course, you have the idea of rotary ones, which are already rapid fire, but let's ignore that. Um, it's just, you know, weapons, even though they all fit into a category and do the same damage for the purposes of the game, sometimes have different designs depending on the mech. That's how and there's like, it's it's like there's a sort of a logic to it, and like all these things are being produced by different manufacturers, but they so, so they have different approaches to the same general technology, but also it is kind of just... They had a bunch of different artists, and they didn't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the waist, though, pretty much like a standard, like, T-shaped waist. Uh, mm-hmm. The side skirt not really being a skirt so much as a missile launcher there. Um, the legs are just connected via some giant-ass, uh, like, giant, very big joints. But these legs are also inherently bow-legged with how they are drawn on this original art, which looks really funny to me. I mean, a lot of mechs are. Yeah. Because they tend to be, like, they tend to mostly just have, like, this one has, like, a disc joint, right? And that's not uncommon. It is not, like, a super high priority for them to be able to do, as long as they can plant their feet and stand there to shoot. But then... Designers are usually happy with that. The thing that's funny about this, though, is this can rotate in there. You can tell, because Hmm. if you look at the other leg, look at the different angles that these legs are at. I'm going to be honest with you, I just assumed because this art isn't very good, the artist is bad at perspective. <laughs> I mean, that's also true of a lot of this art. Perspective is the biggest issue with a lot of mech art. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so you've got leg, again, mostly panel lining. It does have prominent knee armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does have... Like, the design of, like, almost like a Gundam-like leg joint there, but really big. Like, you know, the circular, like, this shows you where the knee is going to bend piece. Um, yeah, I definitely think the leg and, and foot overall is the area that shows the most, like, closer to Gundam styling. But, you know. Yeah. Though the uh, heel does have, if we go down to the feet eventually, uh, you don't really get much of an ankle armor. Uh, just got these big, almost like two-toed feet, though not prominent toes. It's just, that's the there's like a small cleft in the foot uh Mm -hmm. kind of a prominent heel it does have some cables from the back of the heel that plug in um now if you look at various art designs uh you will see over time that the design of this thing gets a little bit cleaned up for instance uh in the art down there so we just talked about the as uh as7d I'm not going to go through all the design elements on these but I do want to look at the art so we can kind of see the evolution of it so Mm-hmm. Uh, technical readout 3025 came out in 1986 for that original art. In 1990, we have the 3050 technical readout, which is the next piece of art that's in there. It's of the AS7K Atlas variant. Um, mm-hmm. now this art still has perspective issues, but I do think overall, this is a cleaner art and it looks better for it. Like you can just more easily read the things on this art. Um, again, I mean, still not great, but... 
Yeah, it gives you a better idea of what this thing actually looks like. It also, I mean, the the perspective is usually such that it just looks like very it, fu- like the leg <laughs> is supposed funny. to one leg is supposed to look like it's behind a little bit, but instead it just looks like it has a small leg because yeah, there's it looks, no it looks three. like <laughs> it looks like it's it broke its leg and then it healed wrong. Yeah, this this <laughs> there's a lot of depth here that is not implied. Same with the arms; they look ridiculous. So it's not good yet, but this art, I think, is overall better for the readability. Like, you get to see things like, if you look at the chest, it almost looks like there are, like, vents, almost, on the uh, chest plate that actually, like, mm-hmm. like, like we're getting a semblance of detail. Mostly it's still armor, but, you know. Uh, and that's one of the things about, like, it's it's easy if you've, you've been with us in this space of the, the primary designs of, like, Japanese anime mecha especially Gundam, but also plenty of other things, right? Where it is this philosophy of, like, you have these machines that are, like, pistons and cables and wires and electronics with armor over them. And Mech Warrior has a very different design, which is, like, these are, like, stacks of girders with cables running through them. They are armored as fuck. Yeah. Uh, armor is, in fact, I mean, everything that's on these is measured in tonnage. So, for a comparison, while I always say that numbers are bullshit, let's go to MHQ. Let's see how much a Zaku weighs. A Zaku at maximum mate weight is, well, empty with no equipment. It's 56.2 metric tons, which makes it, what, like a, a light heavy in the, in the world of Battletech? Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that would be like a light heavy. Or is it still? No, yeah, that's the, like the lightest heavy, I believe is 55 tons. Yeah, so this is about, this is a little under twice the weight of a Zaku. Yeah, not including with weapons, but again, that's just, you know, that. but that's the sure. thing, is you're going to always, the way that mechs are balanced in Battletech is they are basically always fully loaded. Mm-hmm. You, you do not want unused tonnage, as it is called. And like, even things like ammo, like an ammo bin is measured in tons, generally. Uh-huh. Um, so, we actually have a big jump in the art here, because uh, next up would be the TRO-3050 upgrade, and these are the base technical readout art, there are other arts here that we'll look at, um, and then we'll talk about the variants themselves afterwards, but I just want to talk about the art separately, mainly because all Mm -hmm. the variants do not have art, this is the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Um, this is the first one that I think looks genuinely cool. Yeah, yeah, this one's fine. Uh, also, it has paint, which is an important Mm -hmm. thing. Because the other one is, I did say that I like the original one. I do get why you brought up, like, well, it's just kind of line art. But, like, the original ones have, because all the detail is focused on the line work, like, this having paint is actually kind of neat. Like, this has very distinct black armor on parts of it, right? Like, on the pauldrons. Uh On the head. And then also it's got, like, the, uh, is that, like, the Star League uh emblem i believe on the chest and like the arm and it has almost like i think it's supposed to look like almost like scale mail like it's wearing like that kind of armor or 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 kind of like uh like older style like solar paneling too yeah it's just really interesting like the weird like you know that that armor and then it has random checkerboards which let me tell you in the 2000s they loved putting random checkerboard patterns on these mechs i don't know why but yeah, this it's, art is passable. It's pretty all right. 
Um, I, I, it also has some charisma just in that, like, from the, the mech's design and the way they've drawn it here and the pose, it looks like a linebacker. And that's funny to say also because there is a, a battle mech called the linebacker. The linebacker. Yeah. But I mean, as in, this looks like a football player trying to stop you. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I figure most people are going to know what you mean there, but should specify, there is a mech also just called the linebacker. Um, also, he's holding a battle armor. That poor battle armor soldier is fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Is going to be dead soon. Um, but yeah, no, this is, it's interesting. Um, this is actually pretty all right art. Uh, still some weird perspective with the legs. It's kind of doing, you know, you know, like, um, it almost feels like an inverse version of, you know, the John Lennon big boots too big for him. Like, you know, that one. No. What? What? All right. This is stupid. Uh. I think it was John. Uh, Hold on. This is stupid. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Yeah, that one. He boot too big for he goddamn feet. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's what this kind of reminds me of with the uh, pose here. Um, but anyway. Uh, so that's from what was it? Two thousand seven, I believe. Yeah, that's from uh, John May, Lennon. He's from way before that. Shush you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, then we have T R O thirty eighty five, which thirty eighty five. That's way in the future of where I'm used to for this setting. Uh, this mm-hmm. came out in 2010, and the art is by... It's actually someone just doing a completely new interpretation here. Like, it still has yeah, the skull face and everything, weird. but this is definitely new art. Now, I will say this about this art, though. I like it because it is drawn with joints and whatnot, finally. I, I mean, it's lower, like... It's lower detail. It feels like it was probably drawn faster, but it is very coherent. Yeah, this is like... You can see how the arms would bend... I like the battle fist only having, like, the three fingers. It's kind of cool. It just makes them mm-hmm. stick out. Um, if you look at the legs now, there's actually joints. I don't know how I feel about the weird... I Like, like they definitely interpreted, I think, the teeth on the face as almost like a heat sink. Yeah, radiator, for sure. It, which, you know, uh, that's a little weird. But otherwise, I actually think this is a pretty solid... For doing a mech design and still keeping the overall shape of the original mech, this is a good way of getting, like, the modern type of detailing. It's also interesting to see the way they've added, like, I would say Gundam-style, like, carrying handles on the shoulders. Yeah. And then also, it looks like they added cameras on the thumb? Uh... Those could be small lasers, I guess. No, 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 no. On the thumb there, if you look, those are the joints for the battle fists. Oh, they're just... Okay, the way the middle of them is them. pure, the way the middle of them is pure white, they look a little weird. But yeah, but you can see if okay. you look on the uh, left hand. I see. Okay. Unless it just has upward aiming lasers, which would have been funny. <laughs> uh, next, we have from 2011 the experimental technical readout uh, periphery uh, version of the atlas here, and this one is an interesting one because this one's back to the original design in a lot of ways, but it's still does a couple of changes like the legs are actually still designed in a way that feels more like that other art mm-hmm. the arms are back to the vacuum tubes but they are extended so you can still see how they would bend i don't think this art is bad actually i think this art is pretty no. good interpretation of that style i also like that it has added like little leg i assume those aren't verniers i'm assuming that those are probably well oh wait no jump it has jumps. jump jets duh yeah. Yeah. I always forget about jump jets. 
Uh, and then finally, uh, we have Arched R Gil Recognition Guide uh, Ill Clan from 2021, and that explains why this art is so new. And this is kind of marrying the concepts. Mm -hmm. This has a lot of detail on it, but it is a it is. I think that this art is pretty readable on the whole. Mm -hmm. You know, it has the armor paneling, but this is done by someone who understands how to imply depth because like you can tell that like the armor panels like all these squares you can see that they are three-dimensional in a way that i think looks pretty neat the head has the classic back to basics you know jack-o-lantern face and weird teeth still has the satellite so, and antenna oh, yeah. eye cameras look very sad like this is a this is not a scary looking a skull. This is a depressed man in a skull mask on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, though I do like that. Uh, I know that it's actually just the shines being drawn there, but to me it looks like fire. So I want to imagine it's just looking at fire, something mm. on fire. Um, but yeah, very recognizable for like all the parts. So you can see the lasers on the torso very easily. You can see things like the um. The LRM and SRMs on the torso. I like the chest vents that have been added as well. Um, you can see how it can rotate the torso. It finally is designed in a way where you can imagine the torso bend a bit more easily. Whereas the other ones still look kind of jank with the torso bend. Like having to imagine. Because, you know, all, almost all these mechs can rotate their torso at least like 30 degrees each direction. If not more, depending on the mech. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually... Torso twist uh, is another actually important thing about the mechs. Uh, the one thing about the urban mech, when, if we ever talk about that one day, uh, my favorite trash can, cause it's a little guy, it has a 360 degree, uh, torso twist, which is good. Uh, everything else about that mech, not as much. At least for the base versions. Um, the mm -hmm. shoulders, we've got very recognizable pauldrons, though, with the arms. I really like the way that these arm joints are drawn. These are very modern, kind of mecha-style joints that are drawn for the mm -hmm. arm. They look heavy. Joints. Yeah. Uh, they just look really good. Um, you know, the details on the wrist. The arms actually having... Like, this thing does a thing that I think is good with both sets of, like, the upper and the lower arms. And that is having detail without necessarily making it overcomplicated, which I think is nice. Mm -hmm. um, lots of clear detail on these arms. Uh, the hands are back to the five-finger style. Uh, for the battle fist, uh, these hands look very Gundam-y. You know yeah. the way that the finger joints are drawn. It's just the small little disc joints for the fingers, and that you know looks. It's just very Gundam looking. Um, mm -hmm. For the waist, uh, again, not like there's added detail or not like there's like changed detail necessarily. It's just like this is just drawn by someone more competent at drawing the shapes. Uh, you go to the legs. I really like the upper thighs having, like, the reactive armor, like, the little X's kind of reminding me of, in fact, also from Gundam, like, stuff like the, you know, Jim Striker, which Jim Striker. is taking yeah. from, like, tank armor and stuff, right? Mm hmm Yeah. Um, you know, the knees, uh, you still got the big knee plates, uh, you got the big circular joint for the legs still that's still visible, um, uh, yeah, and you still got the two-toe feet. This basically feels like Someone who knew knows how to draw really refining that original design, though. And that's why I like it a lot. I, I like all these modern artworks for a lot of these mechs now. It even has the, like, in-step armor that Gundam loves to do. Yeah. 
It's really interesting, too. I do want to mention, because here's the thing about, like, all this modern art from the recognition guides, uh, which are, like, the uh, more modern, uh, like, one of the more modern series of technical readouts and all that. The thing I mm. like about these is uh, it feels like they are respectful to the original art in terms of keeping things in the same, like, shapes. But, like, I just, I don't know. Also, a lot of this art I hadn't seen, actually, until fairly recently, because I believe Sarna has a rule where they do not post technical readout until it's been out for at least six months, mainly because they don't want to get in trouble <laughs> with FASA, huh. uh, I assume. Uh, and then the rest of these, we have a bunch of weird art from various side books and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, like, or I guess, who owns, who owns this now? I don't know who owns Battletech anymore. Still, does FASA exist still? <laughs> no, I don't think they do. Okay, I think it's Cat... Uh, let's see. FASA ceased operations in 2001, but exists as a corporation that holds the IP, but... Uh, they're owned by Tops. Okay, interesting. The, so the they're just like a shell parts. that owns IPs, basically, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, weird. Fucking... U.S. copyright law is odd. I I do because it's a touchstone for both of us that I think we're going to go to a bunch. I want to post the uh, I want to like talk real quick about the uh, oh, MechWarrior online yeah. art. Yeah, that's fair, and that is also um, very modern art. Um, yeah, I mean you can see it takes a lot from. I mean, I guess the, the, chronologically, this probably came out before that one. Yeah, it came out um, before the most modern uh, art. Uh, the MechWarrior online art to me when I look at this and I think it is mm -hmm. maybe it could be the same artist is the thing. Cause you know, mm -hmm. everything in mech warrior online appears way dirtier and more yeah. and less clean. And I think that's why I don't like the MWO art as much overall, even mm. though I don't think it's bad. I feel like it's more honest. I don't know. Like mech warrior is a dirty setting. It you is, know? which is true. Um, I, I think I think they look better like this. I mean, there's a lot of this this image we're looking at has like scarring and stuff on the head. Um, the head in here on on this one, the skull looks almost like a uh, like a 40k like servitor face in an interesting way. Mm. I also like we have um, the missile launchers on this. Obviously, we still have the SRM six drawn in a slightly different way on the waist, but the ones we have here kind of like bend around the collar a little bit in a yeah. way that I think looks cool. And it still has, like, the little wrist guns and all that. Um, mm -hmm. It's just really interesting always seeing the way these weapons are drawn. I think that the technical readout art that I like, though, is definitely taking cues from this. Because if you look at, like, the leg, for instance, it's got that armor shape and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it is interesting. And I do like overall these kinds of armors, um, or this kind of art style. Uh, I do like that it also doesn't have the satellite dish anymore on this art. It's, it does have, like, almost like a little radome there. Like, that feels mm -hmm. way more appropriate. And it has tiny antenna that look like it has hair. <laughs> it looks like it's, like, balding to me because mm -hmm. of how round yeah. the head is. Um, but, yeah. Um, there's all kinds of weird ones, though, because then we also have uh, the internal schematics of an atlas. Uh, speaking of what you mentioned with, like, the way that mechs are built, uh, this is from BT 25 years, Battletech 25 years uh, from 2009. Uh, this art is a lot. Oh, also the weirdest thing about Battletech mechs, uh, that I, I noticed on this because of the hands, but also these do have artificial muscle. 
For all that these yeah. things are so inorganic, they do move via, like, artificial muscles and stuff, which is such a weird, bizarre thing to think about for me. Because, again, the outside of battle mechs is very much like, you know, we talk about the comparison of um, mecha versus jets and mecha versus tanks. Uh, these things are very much on the tank end, like, hard... If we have, like, a, like a spectrum, you know how there's, like, the... the the uh, fem to butch spectrum. Sure. We would have like the tank to jet spectrum, and these are a hard tank spectrum, mm-hmm. I think. But the inside of them is fucked up because they have, you know, these. Um, they they have uh, like the myomer muscles, uh, the the that uh, the triple myomer or whatever. The the they're artificial muscles that move them. It's just kind of a weird thing. Um, it is funny seeing all, like, this, like, wrought iron, uh, uh, all this, like, wrought iron, like, inside inner detail. It's interesting, because it's just very much, like, riveted detail in a way that is, like, you know, you have the VLAR 300 thing on the chest. Oh, and you can actually see the cockpit, too, which is in the head. Most cockpits Mm -hmm. are. There are torso-mounted cockpits in, um, like, some battle mechs, and, you know... But most of the time, they're actually in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, though, just interesting design here, uh, seeing this cross-section. Um, I really like some of these cover arts, too, where you get these ridiculous paint jobs, like the Battle Force uh, box cover here, where you've got one with like the shark teeth painted on it. Mm-hmm. This is so 80s looking. What year? This is still Asa, FASA. So okay, yeah, this is from 1986. Also, I was gonna say this looks like an 80s ass box cover here. I actually kind of dig it. Ironically, I mean, when they're not drawing in black and white, and like someone is properly coloring this cover, even though I think it is using that like art as a base given the pose, it looks better. I'll say that. You know. Yeah, I mean the approach to color, I think, has some has some charm of its own. Um, I will is. say that I, I believe that's a Jenner in the background there that looks very goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiny legs, very thin little legs. But um, Battle Force Two also has an Atlas on the box cover. It's very funny how often the fucking uh, Atlas just is always ever present. Uh, this is from nineteen eighty seven. Ironically, in the background, you can see a Madcap, which is what a lot of video game people think of as the main Battletech mech. Yes, yes. Even though, like, I feel like a lot of, like, the games and stuff make the Atlas feel like the main thing. Then you have the Battle Battletech Total Warfare reprint cover there, which has a nicely... That almost looks like a, a, a... You know what this looks like to me? It actually looks like if you got Okawara in, like, the 80s to color an Atlas. I, I will say that coloring <laughs> style looks like that to me. Yeah. Just like I think part of the palette. I think part of why like video ga- like the video game folks going for the Mad Cat versus Atlas being the, you know, whatever. I mean, part of it is just what games chose to highlight, right? Yeah. But also, I mean, it's just like if you're doing a strategy game, this doesn't bother you, but if you're playing a real-time video game, these this this class of mech that the Atlas is part of is called assaults. They're slow as fuck. Yeah. And that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like, I like assaults, but that's because I like sniping and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Though, uh, real quick, real just to bring up a design I do really like that we will probably talk about one day. Uh, I did just get a Fafner in, uh, in MWO and equipped it with dual heavy gosses, which are not long range anymore. So mm. I have to pop around corners and blast people to death with that. And it's pretty fun, though. Uh, anyway, we've got some other colors here, too. We've got, like, we got some colored art from the, uh, uh, what is this, the bt fourth edition introduction book which i like this art i think this art's pretty good they're repairing the arm there mm-hmm. they should have left that cape on it even though i know that's just a cover for working <laughs> would have been cool uh we've got like davion from the camo specs book so i i think these exist also because this game does have miniatures originally too like when you're playing at mm-hmm. irl and so they do like the camo books and whatnot to show you oh do you want your forces to look like this force I would never do that. I would just custom paint mine the way I want to custom paint mine, but that's just because that's how I am. Uh, we mm-hmm. have a Karita clan one, uh, the uh, one of the flavors of Orientalism, because there are two different ones between uh, the Draconis Combine and the Capellan Confederation, um, because FASA. But anyway, I do like the chain around it, though. That's actually kind of a cool camo thing. Now, this is an interesting thing to talk about, actually, though, with, like, these camos and the way this is colored. A thing about Battletech is it doesn't do color blocking at all in the way that you expect, like, Gundam-style color blocking. Right. This is, like, something I always think about with, like, the battle mechs. Because, like, whenever you paint them in, like, even, like, in the video games, it's always stuff, like, half the upper half of the body, lower half of the body, and then some details and stuff like that, you know? It's really weird. It just doesn't believe in color blocking the parts in the way that you would color block, like, again, something in Gundam. It's all, like, stripes and, like, decals and, like, generally single colors. Maybe there's a gradient. Maybe it's an upper or lower half thing. It's really weird, though. I mean, it's mostly, like, it is... Uh, decals either for like a pilot's personal like expression or for or to convey information, and then the use of color is purely for breaking up and blending silhouette. Yeah, that is they they that is purely utilitarian. Um, then we have another picture. We have an atlas here firing. Uh, in Operation Fl- uh, Flashpoint, we've got. An Atlas punching a commando. I kind of love that. I do like this art, actually. This is fun. Um, poor commando. Um, what is CBT Universe? You can't call it CBT Universe. Oh, classic Battletech Universe. I see CBT and I'm just like, no, you can't call it that. <laughs> can't avoid toil. <laughs> Baby. Anyway. Yeah, this is a, a poll a friend of ours, Crass, recently ran, and apparently I am the only person who still is like, closed beta test, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> um, That version's interesting because it also goes with the chain theme, actually, like the mm-hmm. Karita one, but it just has a 97 on the chest. This art is so flat looking, it's very funny. <laughs> he's doing it, he looks like he's doing a jig. <laughs> I, thought, I was going to say, it looks like he's trying to do squats. Oh, actually, a classic paint one for the Atlas that starts happening at some point later on. Not early on as often, from what I can tell, but later on is you really get them emphasizing the skull on the face. Yeah, yeah, a lot like, of... Like, MWO loves face. doing that. Like, you know, one of the colors is just on the face. That's um, one of the few things... I like that 
I like that color scheme. I mean, I for me, my first encounters were this were in Mech Warrior Four, where they started doing this. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't know its history till then. It's a big. It's uh, BattleTech has a lot of different media, and I only consumed a very specific wedge of it. But um, yeah, uh, I think it it was always an iconic thing. You could always distinguish an atlas at a distance because you'd be like, uh, here's but, all this color, but the white head. And it's also giant. <laughs> it's very big. It's one of the bigger sure. battle mechs. Uh, there's also that. It, there were not a lot. There was not a lot of trouble determining which one was the atlas. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have a collectible card game atlas there in red. That that one's kind of fun. It's got like little stripes on it. Um, another collectible card game atlas uh, firing its wrist laser, but it's firing its wrist laser in such a way that it looks like. I don't know. It just it's big. I guess it looks like. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because just the way it's posed and everything. It, it, you don't get any sense of scale. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's okay for that to happen in one art here, but it's just this weird one image where you're like, that's just a dude in a suit. Yeah. I'm actually looking, because that's the K model. Apparently that has a Goss rifle on it. Nice. Which, that's cool. I like Goss rifles. Um, because I always think rail guns are cool. Uh, oh, I don't like the MWDA one. Uh, MechWarrior Dark Age Collectibles miniature game. Oh, it has a mustache. I know it's supposed to look like tusks or something, but I hate it. It looks like it has a big mustache. This is very, like, that certain, like, it's from the same era of CG as, uh, fucking, oh no, um. G-Savior? Yes, thank you. Um, and, like. The shoulders look like like Giren's greed Gelgoog shoulders. It's like it looks rough. This was not a kind era of CG. No, this is a very rough guy. Um, I hate the mustache more than anything else, though. <laughs> is it a mustache or are they devil horns? It's supposed to be like horns or a tusks or something, but they look the where they're located. It looks like this motherfucker is like a snidely whiplash. <laughs> I hate it. It doesn't help that it are going back to the like the radiator mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot wrong with this design. Uh then we have the Mech Warrior 4 Atlas model shown here, which, you know, simple. Classic friend. Yeah. Uh the MWO Atlas, we talked about that. Uh an MWO Atlas that is a special hero variant that has a Kraken painted on it, which is just all kinds of a mess going on. Cute idea with making the head into the, like the head of the Kraken, but you know, very silly. Yeah. Uh, then we have an Atlas token for uh, the Battletech 4th Edition game. Uh, which, that one's not too bad, I guess. That one just looks like a Space Marine, though. I'm gonna admit. Yeah. Uh, then we've got little pla- uh, a Plastech a- uh, Atlas miniature. That one's kind of cute. It's just a little guy. A different Atlas miniature from Battletech Alpha Strike Assault Lance Pack. Then finally, we've got the Atlas miniature from Battletech Intersphere Direct Fire Lance. Um, I so as far as like variants, um, we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna I, go over I've all of them because there's right. a billion. I've listed. I've already we've already listed uh, like six yeah. uh, on the sheet just from arts that we've talked about. But I'm not going to list anything that we haven't talked about specifically the art of, because the way variants often work in Mech Warrior, sometimes they are significant changes, but some of it's like, this one, we swapped out the missile launchers for Gatling guns. And you're like, okay. The thing, so I mean, the thing about this is, this is a thing that you run into where the tabletop game is very finely tuned around the armaments of the mechs. Mm. 
And you're not supposed to be able to easily change mech equipment. It's supposed to be very expensive to do that. Like, that's all why only, like, you know, aces and whatnot get their own customs. Sure. And then not to mention, there's a lot of times where sometimes the mechs aren't even produced anymore. There's only a limited number of them in the universe, etc. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about this is video games know that that's not going to be as fun a lot of the time. Right. So video games let you customize. There's only really mm-hmm. mechs called Omni-mechs that are supposed to be, like, the ones that are easily swappable with, like, what their parts are. But video games love letting you just customize, do whatever you want, you know? So these... Uh-huh. But the thing is, these are very finely balanced around the way the tabletop game is. Um, I think it's it's weird, because I do think the limiting makes a more interesting game in terms of a strategy game. Because when you're building your lance and you're playing, like, the tabletop game... You have to make sure you are, you know, like, you, you, you don't, you, you want to make sure your weapons are, like, balanced and that you have, like, a good selection of ranges and whatnot. And, like, that doesn't matter at all when you're playing. When I'm playing the video games, I specialize. I go, I am part of a lance where I need this unit to be my long-range one, right? And it's going to just mm-hmm. have only long-range weapons. Why would I bother putting small lasers in those energy slots? Just free up some weight and, you know, put another large laser or something. Or, like, two M lasers, you know, whatever. Yeah, you shouldn't think of it, like, it's almost, um, when you build a lance, which is what you call a group of battle mechs, you almost think of it like, like, RPG, like, party building, right? It's like, it's not necessarily like you have a tank, though you kind of have a tank, and it's not necessarily like you have DPS, though you kind of have DPS. Um, But it is like... Right, it is these, you are getting these pieces that have different sort of roles and, and, and like, specialties and expertises, and you fit them together. Yeah, and, like, their ranges matter, and their weapons matter, and, like, I mentioned things like, you know, they all have different movement speeds, they have different, um, you know, like, the, the, like, firing from the back. And now, you could technically build your own customs in the old days, the problem with that also was... So you'll notice that there's, like, uh, if you're on this website, there's, like, a BV cost, a battle value cost. You would have Mm. to do all that math by hand by figuring out, okay, what is this worth? And then how do I put this in there? And where do I fit it? And all that. Um, Obviously, in a video game, because all this math is being done for you automatically or doesn't matter, like, BV doesn't really matter, you're Mm. only doing tonnage math, which is fine. That's easy. Um but, like, in ye old days, I imagine another reason you don't get a lot of this in tabletop is figuring out how to do battle value calculations, given how weird these numbers are, is probably not very fun or, you know, practical. <laughs> and I think part of, like, beyond just not loving the design of the Atlas overall, I think the, like, the skull motif and the way they've leaned into it with the white over time has been good. But, like... My problems with the Atlas, I guess, are aesthetically, I think making it so similar to, you know, like more humanoid mecha from other franchises, which I think are just, you know, do that cooler is a mistake. And then utility wise, the Atlas is kind of a one man army. And given the way you build lances, I don't find that very interesting. Right. Like I a lot of my fond memories of when I'm playing multiplayer mech warrior are stuff like when I am running a Raven with tag and then my team has like four catapults, which are just missile boats. And it's just like, welcome to hell on earth, motherfuckers. But that's that's through like teamwork and 
the combination of specialties, and having a generalist is really boring to me in MechWarrior. Yeah. Though ironically, in the tabletop, generalists pretty all right. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, they're they're good. But that's... I mean, here's you know the nice thing is being a generalist. If you're cut off, that's not a problem. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I'm playing MechWarrior Online, I build a lot of just, I'm at long range. I'm going to sit at long range. Or I mm-hmm. only go short range, right? Like, um, I have an urban mech that I bought, uh, which was very goofy. And I armed it with two heavy machine guns and four small lasers, small pulse lasers. Mm-hmm. And and then I up-engined it as much as I could. So what it does is it it is an urban mech that runs at, like, 110 miles per hour, or KMH, and runs around people in a circle, blapping them with the lasers, and then shooting at whatever I expose with the uh, machine gun. Or just firing the machine gun constantly, because machine guns have a shit ton of ammo. Yeah, back when I was playing MechWarrior consistently as, like, part of, like, not a full team, but, like, kind of a squad, um, I had a, like, slightly up-armored Raven that I basically, I would circle around to the back lines and just, like, hit and run on their on their long range to distract them, mm-hmm. um, just to be a pain in the ass. Um and that's the stuff that I that I really enjoy in Mech Warrior Combat. Yeah. So. Also, should know, Alliance is normally uh, for people specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. But let me tell you a funny video or a funny tabletop game related thing. So I mentioned that this game has like miniatures and stuff associated with it and like army building. Uh, the most fucked up thing is when they introduce clans. Clans are stronger mechs in general. Now, I, obviously, modern games have done better with like. Like, MechWarrior Online, for instance, tries to be like, oh, there are drawbacks to clan weapons, and clans yeah. can't equip, you know, base weapons. Apparently not at first, but they've gotten better about uh, it. Yeah, I mean, as a person who was introduced to the series with MechWarrior 3 and then really got in with 4, uh, back then it was like, oh, if you got a clan version, just throw away whatever you had. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, MWO tries to balance it, but in the actual tabletop game, a lot of times they're just better. They're just flat out better. Mm-hmm. Not only that... But they also, their version of a lance is called a star. And it Uh-oh. runs five, because stars have five points. Sure, sure. So, they not only get an extra troop, but all their troops are better. It's so <laughs> funny. It's such a ridiculous concept to me. Anyway, I uh, just want to bring that up because I find it funny. Now, there are variants of this. Like, not variants, but, like, variants that are, like, other mechs. Hmm. And I guess... Would we want to talk about those? Because Sure. Know. Yeah, that seems worth doing. Okay. So, firstly, uh, the Draconis Combine developed a lower-cost alternative to the Atlas uh, called the Akuma, because they're they're Japanese. So they're called the Akuma. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the Akuma's design a bit more, though, because this is a ridiculous guy. He's a funny guy. <laughs> He's got a grinning skull, unlike the original. It says the same grinning skull face. No, this is grinning. Um, yeah, he's got, like, a curved-up, like, smiling face, and also the head shape is slightly different, so it's, I don't know, it's less, like, flat compared to the I honestly like this Dallas. design a lot more. It's really charming. It's got more personality, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It is funny that it does have, uh, oh god, that, what does it have in the shoulder there? Is it? Oh, it's an MRM-30, I was like, that's a lot of barrels. Hell yeah, yeah. MRMs, the best ones. MRMs are so good. I love MRMs, I... I think SRMs are too little for what they are. I think LRMs, uh, they're all right, but, you know, their indirect fire generally is how you want to use them. MRMs, uh-huh. 
just dump fire the most missiles all at once at a target. It's yeah. great. M- I love them. MRM are the brawler special. LRMs, it's like you want someone with a tag, which is like a laser targeting designation that someone else carries. Yeah. Um, and then you just, the other enemy team just gets constant notifications that they're about to get killed. <laughs> yeah, constant notifications about missiles, and it's just like, ah. Um, MRMs, though, they, they don't say missile incoming because they're dumb fired, which is great, actually. Uh, it's, 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 it's just shotgunning missiles. That's what it is, basically. And I love it. very good. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, and then it's got, uh, so it's got the MRM on the shoulder. It's got like a, it's got an ERPPC in the chest there. That's why it has the one really long nipple. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just very good. Uh, I I like this. Thing. This thing has a ridiculous amount of armaments. It's supposed to be made as a cheaper uh, atlas, but it, it seems like it's better to me, honestly. I mean, it's lower. It's lower tonnage. It's a ninety. I assume it has significantly less armor than the atlas. That's probably it. Yeah, but look at these weapons: ERPPC, yeah. medium pulse laser, straight SRM4, medium laser, MRM30, LBX auto cannon tens, which are LBX auto cannons or shotgun auto cannons, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, streak SRM sixes. Like, um, this guy's just covered in weapons. Um, anyway, I don't want to go too long on these designs, but you know, but. It, this is a cool guy. Look him up. The uh, the Akuma. Uh, I like this guy. He's fun. Also, I love that um, in the version of the game that added the quirks, it has the distracting design quirk, hmm. uh, which is designed to either uh, in, to generally intimidate opponents, uh, and it, it, it applies a p- penalty to the morale roll of any unit that's in the same hex as it, which is very funny. Uh, to you me. should also look at the uh, original art of it from the FMDC. There. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is good. Look at him. <laughs> he's just having a good time. It's yeah. a, a more, an even more evil looking face, and he's stopped, like, raising his fist, about to, like, knock someone on the head for being an idiot. <laughs> it's very funny. I like the Akuma. Then we also have two other variants. We have the Atlas II, uh, which is apparently made by uh, the Hegemony. Mm-hmm. That's, that's never an ominous name. Uh, and this is a, uh, it, it was still designed in 2765, so this is still an older mech, but basically this is used for the royal regiments. This is basically so that the, the cool faction can have the cooler guys, and it was mm-hmm. resurrected by Word of Blake. Oh no, Word of Blake. Anyway, uh, so yeah, th- this is basically like a souped up atlas that exists to be like a weird in-universe like cool custom one. Um, mm-hmm. the original art of this is so funny. Oh, he's got a nose. Like, a, it looks like a very prominent <laughs> nose. He, he also looks nose. like he's got a mustache. And it looks like he has eyebrows, like big caterpillar eyebrows. And then the shape of his torso is like a boombox. It is a boombox. <laughs> it even has a cassette player in the middle, it looks like. <laughs> See, oh. that's actually Soundwave in there. Oh no, no, Soundwave's a good design. Don't you conflate it with this. No, I'm just saying he's got, he's carrying Soundwave al- along for the ride. Oh, and then Soundwave is also a small radio in there carrying all his little guys. Oh man. Um, You're fucked now. <laughs> this is, yeah, the Atlas 2 though is, it, it's interesting because, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird variant that is like its own kind of like side thing. It generally is drawn with its own appearance. Uh, 
We have a more modern version of this. It is, I do like that the modern art, even though it's like way modernized, does still keep some of the eccentricities of this original one, like the weird shape mm -hmm. of the head. It does look like it kind of has like a pig snout going on. Yeah, it looks like a, it's very strange. Um, yeah, but otherwise, you know, you still got the satellite on the head. The weapons are a different loadout. Um, is that a rotary autocannon on it? That, that is. Okay, um, yeah. It's a big fucker. That's a big ass gun oh actually what that is there is um that's how they're drawing the lbx autocannon 10 so right right, right. because think... it's also a shotgun autocannon so right okay yeah I, I i i guess i was assuming maybe i was wrong about this that it but like it it can alternate the barrels i guess not quite like a gatling because it just sort of goes like around or it could fire them all at once yeah um then we've got, so, yeah, just the two arts of that uh, in total. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look bad, It's other than the original art. Then we have the Atlas Three. This is a Dark Age era variant, uh, which I don't mm -hmm. know what Dark Age is. Um, I've seen it mentioned, though. Uh, we only have one art of this guy. This is uh, produced in the middle of the 32nd century, so the 3100. So this is late, uh, mm -hmm. way later in the era than we ever get. Um, oh, this it's guy's It's using cool. its hand. Yeah, I like this. Oh, that's a cool effect, actually, to do with the battle fist there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm assuming that's a wrist-mounted gun. Like, it's a... That's a rack, too. Okay, so that one is a rotary autocannon there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it has, like, the shields on the arms. This is a cool guy. David White, yeah. since he signed his uh, art here, you, you're a good artist for Battletech. I also really like just the the way the legs are done now so these are like overall this is a much less humanoid looking machine this yeah. is much like like broader shoulders shorter torso head sort of integrated into the shoulders and then the legs sort of spew like splay out to the side and have like these heavy armor panels in front and also ankle armor this looks sick yeah i like this guy this guy is actually probably my favorite art of him i like the way the head is tucked into the the torso there too like it's mm -hmm really cool um it, it, and like it, it, the armor for like the head the uh like the collar of the torso and then the shoulders all kind of like blends really well together this thing has a cool shape i like this guy actually this guy is cool um, we should look up you know a after this not on air but we should look up more designs from this from, from this book yeah i want to see others now um but yeah, and the Atlas Three is the last one. It's basically a mix of clan and inner sphere tech. It is a commander mech that is meant to be like you know used by whoever is directing a lance, which mm -hmm. makes sense given this thing's pretty still very like a generalist loadout. But again, it's all streak LRMs. I forgot that I always forget that there's also streak LRMs and stuff. I always forget about that because I always think of streak SRMs being used more. Those are the ones that just keep firing, right? Uh, no, streaks are... Uh, I forget. They are, if I remember right, guaranteed to hit. They require a line of sight, so they're no longer indirect fire, but they're always going to hit. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. like, and that's why we don't have streak LRMs in uh, in uh, MWO. We only have <laughs> streak SRMs. Because, yeah, they're a later yeah. tech. Like, again, they don't have indirect fire, but they're still pretty strong. Uh, it would tend to not mention variants. I'm sorry to break the rule a little bit. Um, but there is also, of the Atlas Three. there is a D2, 
which swaps out the rotary cannon for a hyper assault Gauss rifle 30, which is just this gigantic fucking long range. Yeah. Okay. So hyper assault Gauss rifles. Also, if I remember right, um, these are basically Gauss machine guns. So imagine if you had a Gauss rifle that could fire multiple rounds. This looks terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The Atlas, though. Uh, interesting famous guy. Uh, like I said, it is, you know, it is known as, like, this big scary mech. It is kind of the face of a lot of books and whatnot. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um. Yeah, turns out I had some variants I didn't know about that I am, I am much more charmed by. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these don't get to appear in things. Like, the Akuma, Atlas 2, and Atlas 3, none of these are in MWO or in, like, the MechWarrior games or anything. Yeah. A-, a lot of- there's, like, a pretty big cutoff on, like, the dates for a lot of mechs, even though, like, I know the Atlas 2 is actually an earlier one, but, like, that's kind of the problem, though, is there is a lot of times, like, you know, like, the the Akuma's 3058, that's kind of on the cusp of it. They'll put clan stuff in, but they don't always put a lot of, uh... Like, like, once you hit, like, the mid-3050s, or, like, the, especially the 3100s, those things don't get to appear in anything. And I get mm-hmm. why. A lot of, to be fair, the tabletop game kind of broke over time. As I mentioned, even the clans are, like, a big dividing point among people. Not to mention then you have, like, the Word of Blake era, where you get these ridiculous, like, even more ridiculous mechs than the clan mechs. And... It kind of, like, broke the tabletop game, at least from what I know. Like, a lot of people like playing in, like... At most, they'll play on, like, the cusp of, like, the clan wars happening. Or they'll play Mm -hmm. during the clan wars. Because while the clans are annoying, they're still workable. And there's a lot of fun mechs that are clan mechs. But once you hit a certain point, people just don't really seem to care as much, unfortunately. Because I will say the mechs themselves, though, from those eras would be cool to play as in video games and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to send you real quick. Here is a, uh, another machine from that 3145 book. Mm-hmm. This is the gunsmith. Oh, oh, I like that. That's very cool looking. All right. Well, we are done with the Atlas. So six, you know what? We're, do we have other battle tech designs that are on our list even? Not at the moment. Okay. No. Do we want to do you, we want to say what our favorite designs are? Because I know we both have opinions on this, right? Of 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 all, of the all battle, battle mechs? mechs, like do you have a favorite? <sighs> Just because I think <sighs> it would be a fun little thing to include, because you know we're probably not going to have. I I can't imagine everyone's ha- chomping at the bit for us to talk about these, so we may as well include it in this episode. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, listen. If you want to hear have to more do of the this, you should let us Just, know. Um. Yeah. No, I think we should wait. I think we should okay, wait. We'll I know wait. we'll do at least one more episode on this stuff. Okay. Um, I can just say I like the king crab a lot. <laughs> king crab, king crab. Yeah, I like the king crab. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not my favorite mech ever, but I will say, if you want to know one I really like from MWO, though, it's actually an original for MWO, the Sun Spider. That thing's pretty cool, actually. But yeah. All right. Six, where can people find you and your work online? Well, Dylan, they can't just yet because we have a we have a question from a finally listener. a question. Thank you, whoever sent this. Uh, this one comes in from Vi on Twitter. Yay! 
since I recently discovered your Hitman podcast and some others, an inspiration for a question or two came to me. One. Uh, I could say one again because I just bonked my headphones on the thing. So, <laughs> one. Uh, what kind of location, situation, and targets would you like for 47 to take on in the Gundam universe, be it the AU, the suit you're discussing, or just UC? Well, we're not discussing uh, Gundam this week, so any any Gundam... Oh, man, okay, so... Hitman mission. Ooh, I'm trying to think. What would be a good Gundam Hitman level? You know, it's a dumb answer, but imagine if 47 had to also try to assassinate Relena. And he's trying to infiltrate the school as 47, though. Is really funny to me. That is pretty good. I, um... I could like killing Athrun's dad at the end of Seed. Oh, like... That base is so fucking ridiculous that that would be fun. The big asteroid base, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any others. I mean, you know, easy answer would be... Like, someone infiltrating Zeon to try to shoot Giren Zabi, maybe at, like, Garma's funeral or something. You know what would be really cool is one where you're infiltrating uh, Jaburo, and, like, it's like, oh, at, like, every, like, you know, five minutes or something, the, like, Zeon attacks, and, like, the whole flow of the map is disrupted, and then it goes back to normal. And you can use those moments to, like, get through high security. That'd be pretty good. Um... Oh, now I want to think of more though, because yeah, that's just it's it's. it's I, here's the thing: Hitman broke my brain so thoroughly that when I lived in Vegas, I would go into casinos and stuff and be like, "This would be a good Hitman level," or like in a convention hall, I'd be like, "Oh, this one has like the soundproof walls. This would be a good Hitman level." Like just in <laughs> like insane thoughts to be having, but that's how good the level design and like like I already loved Blood Money. But when I played Hitman 2016, Hitman 2, and Hitman 3, like, all the new ones, I like all of them. Um, I, I I know that, like, you know, people are mixed on 2 and 3 in different ways, and I get why. Or even mixed on 1 because of the episodic structure. I kind of have the thing where, because of the way that they're made, I evaluate them all as, like, one game in my head still. Because, you know, the, the way that they are is that they link up with each other, and if you own all three, you can play all three at mm-hmm. once. And so because of that, like, I kind of all see them as, like, one complete game. Uh, and I I, I I love that about it. But, like, it's so... The, the areas in those games, though, so utterly broke my brain, like, with how they are structured that I just would always think about, oh, you know, how would, I, uh, how would this work as a Hitman level IRL? So this is a fun question to think about with relation to Gundam, because I've never thought about it in that context. It's funny because for me, like going, you know, doing the Bald Gun Guy podcast where we're going through a Hitman level more or less a month. Um, but it actually, I actually feel like, I mean, they all won't work together, but like I play, you know, fucking, I don't know, Hawks Bay or something. And I'm like, this is distinctly a Hitman 2 level. I That's feel like fair. all the levels feel distinctly of their game. They do. Um,. I need to listen to that podcast because I like Hitman a lot. Um, no, please do. It's good. Yeah. Um, um, how do you like Colorado? I think Colorado's great. Okay, interesting. That's the one that I usually find a lot of people dislike, so I was, mm-hmm. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, my hottest take, and everyone on the Bald Gun Guy podcast agrees with me, to the two like worst maps in the game are Sapienza and Bangkok. Really? 
if you if you just play through them passingly, you're like, OK, if you're like, hey, I'm doing this for a podcast and we're going to go deep. You realize these maps are fucking terrible. <laughs> Sapienza is the really interesting one to hear because that's the one that a lot of people really loved. Sapienza is really pretty and they use about 20 percent of the map. 80 percent of the map is just there for you to walk through this and take up your time. This is actually the issue I think I've seen with it. This is why I like the, uh, uh, the when they introduce the other missions for it. Mm-hmm. Because it means you see more of the map, like the one with the uh, politician guy and the one with yeah. the uh, the um, uh, the actor. But in both of those cases, they do the same thing just for a different portion of the that's map. The thing, None though, of those yeah. missions make the whole map relevant. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh-huh. The, the whole map is never relevant, which I wonder if that's why I, I sometimes feel like the maps are a little bit more focused after that. Because that one's such a big one mm-hmm. where there's a lot of unused space. Whereas, like, ironically, I feel like Bangkok is actually a very focused map. At the Himapan Hotel because of... I don't need to repeat the whole thing, but, like, the problem with Bangkok is if you start doing stuff, it is so obnoxious to climb five floors to do anything and also to run across that stupid fucking rooftop over and over. That is, you know... All of these are just maps that have navigational problems. That's fair. Um... Anyway, my last answer, I think, would be Dakar. I think Day of Dakar, you're supposed to take out, uh char would be great okay yeah that would be pretty good um i want to do one more let me think well uh, i mean I, our next question is is of a similar note oh, if you want to okay let's yeah go. if okay. you just have vibes you um if destiny got if uh, sorry if gundam got its own destiny like game what kind of raid would you like to be in there hard mode no calling drop scenarios because bungie basically already did that which i didn't know i don't know what that I, is but I, apparently yeah. they already did a I, calling I, drop I've, I've only played Destiny 2, and I only played it when it came out because so many people in my timeline got it, and that was when I was working uh, and had money at that time, like, saved, that I was like, you know what, I'll just buy this with everyone else. And then I dropped off of it, which uh, <laughs> I, I need to remember that. I, it's always a thing I like reminding myself, because I, I don't think Destiny 2 was, like, bad, bad, but it, I, I just can't stick with that kind of game in the same way. I could in theory. I played a lot of Destiny 1, but I think, like, I played a lot of Destiny 1 feeling constantly like Destiny was on the verge of reaching its promise, and with 2 I realized it's never going to be what I want it to be. I just think that it's a, it's a, I guess, series at this point. Um, But, like, it shows that I think Bungie is good at doing cool world design and cool, like, art and has good gunplay, and they are fundamentally bad at live service, is my opinion. Um, but uh, I've, so the answer I had, because I read this question in advance, of course, I, you know, so my answer for a really sick raid is a raid where you are, obviously you are, um, since you'd be in a mobile suit for this, you are doing a raid on Anaheim and they are busting out like half finished prototypes to stop you. Oh, that's good. See, it's hard to not just go to, like, a mainstay that's already a big Gundam battle, like Abo Aku or something. I mean, you can do that. Why not? I mean, yeah, I just worry that, the, like, I want to come up with something more original, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, Jabiro, of course, I feel like you'd have to do. I mean, Jabiro's an easy one, plus you get to run into all the weirdo MSV guys, um, mm-hmm. which would be mm-hmm. fun. Um... Yeah, I'm just going to have to go with those. If I think of another thing and, and I happen to remember in the future, I'll say it. But I can't really think of anything else, really. Uh, this one's a little harder for me to think of, actually. 
like i mean there's that, some that, stuff again, from that's not just already like a battle within gundam right right i mean yeah to that end there's there's some stuff from some of the from the au's um as much as it's a crappy end to the show uh the attack on libra would be fun mm-hmm. but the attack on libra um you know hell fucking uh speaking of one man army bullshit happening uh the end of seed even honestly they're just because that that they even do the thing you mentioned with like Anaheim deploying the half finished prototypes. They're just mm-hmm, deploying everything true. at the end of that. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the aesthetic of like seeing something like 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 push aside like manufacturing machinery to get at you. It's armor half on. Yeah, just be, like so cool. That that is true. All right. Well. Yeah, if you have uh, other questions and comments and such, you can find me on Twitter at 6 Detmar, and my DMs are open for, for all. Um, yeah. You know, even if you're going to send me spam, please don't, but a lot of people do. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the say, cost of keeping open DMs. You, I was going to say, you can find me on Twitter at LowPolyRobot, but um, you can't You can also find my work at ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. Where can people find your work, Dylan? Well, I mentioned my Twitter. Uh, you didn't mention your co-host. It's your co-host plug. Oh, right. Co-host. I always forget. Uh, I do have my co-host, uh, which is at LowPolyRobot also, because um, that's just the name I like using now. Um, and uh, yeah, I, you know, that's my online work, though. You're basically at it is the thing. This is what I do that isn't like my job. Um, maybe I'll do more one day. I want to. I want to do more. I just need to figure it out. Plus, right now, it's too hard to think about. I am in... Like I said at the beginning, I'm in work hell. Talking to Six actually ironically uh, leveled my brain out a little over this podcast, and now it's time to unfurl that at starting at 4 o'clock when I have to start my shift. There you go. Uh, I'm not going to podgatize this quote, uh, which is from the MechWarrior 2 training instructor. Okay. Congratulations, cadet. You have successfully demonstrated the ability to do what I tell you. I like that. My dog does what I tell her. I like my dog. I should introduce you two to each other. Remind me to do that. (laughs) Peace.